Welcome to a new series, Lessons Learned. I'm obsessed and fascinated with how the in-between moments of life, the limbo moments, surface big questions, and we want to figure out the deepest stuff so we can be at our absolute best. And in this first episode, I'm going to be talking with you about nine lessons learned out of everything that's happened with Simone Biles. And so as we walk through this as an example of what we can take away from it and learn about ourselves, how we grow, how we advance, and how we develop. Now, as I share this series with you, I'll be doing it in two other formats also. The video here will go to the audio on the SightShift podcast. I'll also be uh, releasing a more precise version uh, through the written form through our email list. But each you know, format has its own strengths and weaknesses. So for me, the written piece allows me to be very dialed in. This piece, I'm a little more extemporaneous and uh, going not necessarily by the notes to have a real experience with you that isn't replicated anywhere else. So diving in, nine lessons that we can take away from what's happening as we pay attention to Simone Biles. Now, you'd have to be under a rock to miss the conversation and what's going on uh, around this. Maybe some of you aren't as aware. I feel pain for the fact that she's put in all of this hard work and what's happening right now in this moment for her that's so beyond her control. But there are a number of things I don't want us to miss out on. Number one, don't simmer at the six. Don't simmer at the six. Here's what I mean by that. Josh Waitzkin, who is the chess prodigy that they made the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer about, talks about this idea that you don't want to be in a place that you simmer at the six. You're not at a 10 where you're fully on and learning at the edge of your abilities and an immersive experience, and you're also then not at a one or, or a lower number where you're deeply relaxed and you're letting go of everything. So for me, what Simone at a starting level provides us an example of is a person who has learned how to get to the edge of her abilities and keep growing over and over and over again. I mean, how many tricks have they named after her, right? Or has she actually progressed the field and advanced through her getting to the edge of her abilities and growing? So what you see in most people's lives is they reach a cruising altitude. And as they reach that cruising altitude, they're simmering at that six. They're not having level 10 experiences where they're fully engaged at the edge of their abilities, having to upgrade and hone their intuition. Also, too, they're not learning how to set everything down and feel completely relaxed. And so in the course of a given day, when you're growing as much as you possibly can, and that's what the limbo moments do for us, you're actually switching in between these states. You're moving in and out of them rather than just hovering in this kind of like average mediocre middle. Um, learning to be fully on and learning to be fully relaxed are two of the biggest skills that make the most difference in a person's life who wants to perform at the highest level, who wants to give full expression to who they are, who wants to be as empowered as possible to live uh, with the freedom they desire to live with. But yet it's something that isn't taught. It isn't modeled. It isn't shown uh, to us. We have to go find that out. But I want to just stir you up here at this first one and say, don't simmer at the six. Simone is an example of that. If you're simmering at the six, you're going to never realize the full potential of who you are. Number two, being fully on, so if you're going to not simmer at a six, has a cost. There's a mental and physical fatigue 
to doing whatever you need to do to be at the edge of your abilities and grow. It stresses your mind. It stresses your body. Uh, we know that from looking at all of Simone's experience. We know that from looking at the you know, experiences of other athletes. We know that from our own lives. I mean, if you've paid attention at any level to the things that stress you out, to the things that challenge you, whether it's mentally or the body or both, you know that toll, the, the toll that it takes. Um, there have been seasons in my life and rhythms where I would have like 20 to 25 presentations I was giving in a week. And as a speaker, I can remember one of those weeks, like on a Wednesday morning and having half the week left going, oh my gosh, there is just nothing left in me because I'm standing up, I'm in front of people, everything is being demanded of me, and I'm giving my best to this. And so for wherever you find yourself, if you're you know, doing a lot of work that requires new ideas and thinking, or you're doing stuff that pushes you in some kind of way where it doesn't feel like, hey, this is a cakewalk, I've done this a ton of times, you're in a place where a cost is going to be extracted from having to be on, or so let it get a seven, or fully on at like a nine or a 10. You know, most of the things that kill people early, it's buried stress responses. So don't take for granted school performance and academic performance and job performance and life performance. As you add responsibility to your life and you add roles to your life, the the buried stress that keeps uh, getting embodied in you over time exacts a cost. And that cost, as it exacts itself, uh, it's actually your body trying to say, hey, wake up and let's pay attention to what's going on. Because if you don't pay attention to what's going on, you're going to miss out on the adjustment to make to flush that stress out, to reorganize it in your mind, to process it differently. So wherever you find yourself, if you're like Simone and you get in that place that you get the twisties, you lose where you are in time and space, that's a clue and a signal to you that the cost of being fully on is being exacted now. In some sports, they call it the yips. I mean, whatever you want to think of when you are in a place that there's a sense of, uh, I am, I am not in control like I want to be. And some people want to say it like your body or your mind is sabotaging you. And that's what it feels like when your mind isn't showing up like you need it to, or your body isn't showing up like you need it to in Simone's case. And what's happening is it's actually, you know, trying to protect you. It's trying to bring you down, not to take you down, to bring you down, to preserve you for the future. It's, it's a, it's a preserve, preservation system. So that's why you want to learn, uh, to go back to lesson number one, how to be fully on and fully relaxed over and over and over again. Number three, the gift of the twisties is to learn you are more than your performance. So the third lesson we take out of what we see Simone Biles living out for us so vulnerably, so courageously, so powerfully, um, there's a part of me almost that that doesn't want to commentate on it because I don't want it to be like anything is coming across, like anything other than a celebration. Um, it is, it's just powerful. But when we all get these moments in our lives, we have a choice. And she had the courage to make the choice to get what she needed. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But in getting what she needed, she had a powerful shift. And she put this in a tweet, and I just want to read it to you. The outpouring love and support I've received has made me realize I'm more than my accomplishments in gymnastics, which I never truly believed before. 
See, that is the gift of the in-between moments, the limbo moments, the, the twisties, the yips, when it's not working like you thought it would. It's a moment to discover the most powerful lesson that you can ever learn in life, that your identity is more than the parts of who you are, that the sum of you, S-U-M, the total of you, is more than some of you, S-O-M-E, than the parts of you. And and that really is, whether you get this early in life, and most people don't, you get it midlife, later life, just don't be one of those people that never gets it. That really is the breakthrough piece that allows you to be as resilient and dynamic as possible so that you find what you really want, not what others want for you or not what you thought you should want, and that you can go after that and you can keep getting back up again and again and again and again and again. I mean, even in the hardship, this is the place where you learn, I have an identity That's more than the roles or the relationships that I have in life, more than the things that I'm doing. And this is the aim. This is the aim of all parenting, to release children in the world that know who they are, that they can feel, see, and hear they have an identity apart from, you know, being the parent's child even. This is the aim of uh, all transformation and leadership development even in the workplace, to rehumanize the individual, to experientially know they are more than any role or performance. They are a human being worthy just because they exist. Lesson number four, no one is going to come rescue you. No one is going to come rescue you. Simone had to ask for what she needed. And yes, she, like you, may be surrounded by lots of people who care about you and support you and are, are there for you. And some of you may not be. We all have different experiences on that, but ultimately she had to ask for it for herself, and so will you. Asking for what you need is powerful. Now, I want to really emphasize here, for her to post that tweet, asking for what you need isn't just about getting a break so you can become more mindful, so that you can separate yourself from the demands of the performance, from the pressure, and and calibrate and integrate and orient. It's also so that you can not just mindfully have a gap and a break and an experience to separate from it, but so that you can have a mindset upgrade to re-engage and absolutely be at your best. And what's happening for a lot of people is they think getting the mindfulness is enough. Mindfulness is half the equation. The mindset upgrade is what's key. You know, what's it going to be like for Simone in the rest of her life, whether it's gymnastics or anything else, to know she's more than a gymnast. This is the powerful breakthrough that is the aim of life and the rituals we live, but so many never see it happen. So number five, fifth lesson, give yourself safety in the pressure. Give yourself safety in the pressure. You know, getting what you need might be as simple as a day off. It might be as complex as reimagining your life. Uh, But at this point, shame rears its ugly head. So you start battling the shoulds and should nots. It's, again, the pressures of others, what they say you should want in life, how they say you should live, what you think you should not do. All of the battle of, of their pressure the, the cultural, the heritage, the narratives, the memes that you've taken on, the viral infections in your mind, the ideas that have seeded hold, and they, at the root level, can be understood as shame. When you feel bad about who you are, or you, f- you have the potential to feel bad about who you are because of what you do or don't do, and that's not freedom. That's stress. That's pressure on top of the stress and pressure you already have. That's what makes it worse. 
Uh, this is why I love Nietzsche's progression, Camel, Lion, Child. We move beyond the camel, a passive identity, tell me who to be, beyond the lion, an aggressive identity, I'll tell you who I'm not, to the child, where we get to pick up and enjoy who we are. We'll get into that in many of these uh, episodes, I'm sure, on Lessons Learned, maybe even more in this one. But But all of those in leadership need to understand there's a difference between internal and external safety. So if you have any kind of responsibility in home, in school, in athletics or workplaces, it's your responsibility to create an environment of safety. And safety just means I can express the ideas, thoughts, and ways of being that are a part of my growth and learning as I I leave the things that have been a part of me and I don't just run from those I run to something that's actually what I want. Now, it might be that I go back to things that I was raised with, ideas I was raised with, worldviews, or, or, or any kind of part of a system of thinking that I want to return back to. But I do it out of thoughtful choice, not just a passive resignation and going along with whatever's there. So it's our job to create an externally safe environment. Now, even if you don't have an externally safe environment. Part of giving yourself safety and the pressure is to understand you can have an internally safe environment. That even if externally you're not safe, you can internally still cultivate safety. You can build a reality with your own mindset and psychology where you don't judge yourself, but you empower yourself. Number six, give safety to others. Now I've already hit on this a little bit, but I wanted to draw it out as a specific lesson because, uh, this is going to be true for us to get like a 360 degree view of this situation with Simone Biles and how it affects all of us in our own shame. So unless you're living in your parents' basement, armchair quarterbacking the Simone situation because you're six beers deep and on Twitter. Wait wait a second. See, even that was judgmental. Even that was shaming. I, I, I don't tolerate the behavior of someone who would armchair quarterback her and judge her, especially as you see people get more upset at her than necessarily they did Larry Nasser and all of the evil that happened around that. Um, I don't tolerate the behavior. I can judge the behavior, but I want to judge the person because the person that would throw that out, they're feeling some kind of shame too. And for us to be the kind of people that give safety to others, then we've got to understand that there's an endless cycle of shame. Everyone is critiquing her decision uh, and, and picking, or not everyone, excuse me, a lot of people you're seeing commentate and pick it apart and, and degrade her with it. And that's terrible and awful. You see some celebrating it, which is awesome. And I love to see that. But even the people that are celebrating it, some of them are trying to take down and tear down. You see, it's an endless cycle. So again, we can judge poor behavior, but the person behind that behavior, they need safety too. So we give it to Simone, we give it to ourselves, and we give it to others, even those that irritate us, because we want to make sure that as we give it to ourselves, that others get that also. That's how we improve. We give it away, and we can't give what we don't have. That's why lesson five is to give yourself safety. So six, you can give it to others. Seven. After giving safety, help the people that you lead and care for not simmer in the six, but learn to be fully engaged and rest deeply. 
you know, I've spent about 25 years developing myself through meditation and contemplation, and I define those differently, and we'll save that for another time. I've spent the last 13 years specifically practicing a skill that helps me value and upgrade and hone my intuition. See, when your intuition has direction, you're motivated. That's why I think product productivity so oftentimes is a stupid conversation. You don't see Simone Biles struggling with a, a wrestling match of how can I be more productive because her passion fuels her discipline. If you don't care about what you're doing, whether in work or life, you won't be great at it. The talent code, uh, he talks about the, the author of that book says when parents ask him, are, is my kid passionate about this sport? How can I tell? And he goes, if you have to ask, they're not, you know, to be great at something, to go as far as you can with something, to not leave any unrealized potential on the table, there's going to be some passion there. And you may go through periods where motivation fades or is lost and you're figuring out what the next iteration looks like. That's all normal. And maybe we'll get into that a little bit more in one of these lessons. But I will say this, wherever you find yourself, if you're not consistently, not perfectly, because you go through those seasons, if you're not consistently coming at it from a place of joy and passion and love, then you won't be able to be at your edge great at it. You know, I love the work we get to do with leaders, and I love the two tools that we use to help them get in a spot that unblocks their passion and take the ceiling off their growth. I love that work, and I love these two tools, and so I'm able to constantly work on things. Even if I'm maybe tired from work and taking a break or resting and, and not simmering at a six, I'll find oftentimes as I drop everything and lay it all down how much inspiration comes and you can find the same when you get that place unblocked. Number eight, we underplay and overplay reasoning. When we're children, we learn not to be reactive, but instead reason. And at first, our reasoning helps us because we're not driven by our emotions. We stop being childish. But over time, our reasoning hurts us because we lose our childlikeness. We overthink, and then we're cut off as we twirl in the air and we separate, we get separated from our intuition. We get the twisties, right? So it's not bad to get the twisties overall because it's a part of growth and advancement. The twisties are a sign that the stress has taken its toll. Good job being tough to get to this point. Like Simone, you've done some hard things. Now you're going to be in a limbo moment. You'll be in between, but the way forward won't be linear or logical reasoning. It won't be thinking. It will be your intuition and it will be vision that will be supported by your reasoning, not driven by your reasoning. Number nine, spotlight moments matter. I wish Simone could have had all this happen months, months and months ago, a year ago, and then put measures in place to possibly get her groove back. Groove is a fickle thing. I've lost my groove. And this is what I was saying earlier about motivations and very public leadership roles when I had too much pressure. And sometimes I haven't been able to regain it in that role. Motivations pass and fade. I've coached enough high performers from surgeons to business leaders that eat a year's stress for breakfast every day to know this. Some moments matter more than others. They just do. That's why learning to move from full relaxation to full engagement is critical. And over time, to learn to mix the two, so even when you have to be fully on, you do it with a relaxed 
intensity. Relaxed intensity is the phrase that we use in our work. We have sight shift as an umbrella. Uh, under that, we have champion shift, which is the focused place we do this work with athletes. And relaxed intensity is a beautiful gift when we learn how to be on in a way that our identity is apart from the role and the performance so that we just get that groove back over and over and over again. So may we be the kind of leaders who live these nine lessons, who get what we need, who don't simmer in the six, who get to the edge of our abilities and grow like crazy, who use tools that have been made to get our passion unblocked, to understand our growth, who go through a process of transformation and development. But may we also be the kind of leaders when we have those twisties, that we do that pattern interrupt and we take that break and we don't pressure ourselves or shame ourselves. But as we figure out what's going on, we start to rebuild and we explore and expand into new areas or domains or re-engage what was there with an even higher level of joy and accomplishment. You know, my, my name is Chris McAllister, for those of you who don't know, and my obsession is helping leaders take this journey. That's why we created Figure That Shift Out for leaders and high performers, and it's why we have Catching Confetti for athletes. And so whether you go to SightShift.com for business leaders or ChampionShift.com for athletes, we're here to help you get the most out of these nine lessons if you're interested. Love to hear what you think about this, this new series. We're going to have some fun. Have a great rest of your day. Peace.